Today marks the crowning of our salvation and the revelation of the mystery before all ages. For the Son of God becomes the Son of the Virgin, and Gabriel proclaims the grace. Wherefore we also cry out with him, Hail, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. This feast, the Annunciation of our Most Holy Lady, the Theotokos and Ever-Virgin Mary, celebrates the appearance of the angel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary to inform her that she would bear the long-awaited Messiah. The feast is celebrated on March 25th, exactly nine months before the Nativity. Uh, the Annunciation, or Evangelismos, is a particularly beautiful and joyful festival. Evangelismos means announcement of the good news. It has to do with the gospel prior to the gospel. If Jesus began to proclaim the good news of the kingdom and the apostles began to preach the good news of Christ through his death and resurrection, we have a wonderful good news before that, namely the announcement of Gabriel to Mary that she would give birth. She would conceive and give birth to the Savior of the world. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The Feast of the Annunciation has long been widely celebrated in popular devotion. As it always falls during Great Lent, it represents a break in the austere discipline of the season. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. There are a couple of details in the icon that are just wonderful. One is the position of the angel, who in many of the icons, not all, but many, literally is like somebody who's caught in midair in mid-stride, running in to give Mary this news. And so you look, his, the angel's robes tend to be flowing a bit, the feet are apart, as if he was in mid-stride. And I think that just shows a lot of wonderful energy uh, artistically, that this wasn't just a pronouncement and somebody came in like to recite a story or something like that, but it's to runs in, I've got something to tell you. And then the other detail is Mary's reaction. She has one of her, one of her hands typically is up in surprise, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to learn here? But she's also got her hand down a bit in acceptance. And what do we notice? She was doing something. Well, sometimes she'll, there'll be a ball of yarn or a skein of yarn because she's been spinning. One tradition says she was working on the cloth for the temples and things like that. Whether she was or not is, I think, is almost immaterial because she's doing something very ordinary. And to me, there's a sign of how Christ, how God enters our lives 
through very, very ordinary activities. She wasn't in any great moment of prayer or doing anything other than what her job was at that moment. Behold, our restoration is now made manifest. God is ineffably joined to man. At the words of the archangel, error has vanished. The virgin has received the joyful news, and the things of earth have become those of heaven. The world is released from the ancestral curse. Let the whole creation rejoice, singing a hymn of praise. Lord, our creator and deliverer, glory to you. In ancient practice, a small room was often attached to a cathedral to commemorate the Annunciation. St. Helen included such a room in the Basilica of Nazareth, indicating that as early as the 4th century, the Annunciation was considered an important event. In spite of this, it is not clear when the Annunciation came into acceptance as a feast of the Church. No evidence of it exists until the 7th century. The Annunciation is fixed on March 25th, which always falls within Great Lent. Although no feasts were to be observed during Great Lent, in accordance with its penitential focus, an exception was made for its observance at the Quinisex Council of 692. Over the centuries, the feast grew in popularity until it was second only to that of Christmas. Consequently, the reverence accorded to the Theotokos increased as well. Every Orthodox Church focuses on the Annunciation. It has one door that signifies the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. As you look at the, uh, the, the sanctuary on the left-hand side, always people, the, the processions uh, empty out of the sanctuary from that door, but they enter in the other door, the, the, the door that always has the angel Gabriel, signifying that we are brought back into, the, into heaven, back into the Garden of Eden through the Annunciation, through the announcement that Mary will have God and God will uh, reappear on earth and recreate the unity that once existed between uh, humanity and, and, and the Creator. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The good news is anchored and based on uh, her humble obedience to uh, accept this message and to be such an instrument and agent of God for our salvation. And here again the Theotokos becomes exemplary, a model for us in, uh, in our own way uh, to be obedient to God's Word and even more so to uh, contain in ourselves Christ by our faith, our Holy Communion, and uh, our inner life with Him. Salvation is characterized by synergy. God asks us to work together with Him as His beloved children, co-heirs of His kingdom. Gabriel's announcement and the Virgin Mary's resounding acceptance form the highest expression of this synergy. Perhaps this is why the Annunciation has become such an important feast in the Church's liturgical life. It expresses so perfectly our very purpose, that we as creatures are precious to our Creator, that we, like the Theotokos, have an opportunity to take part in His wonderful plan.
Our goal is not simply to get saved. For the believer, the fullness of our life in Christ is that of active participation in the mysteries of God, in renewing and giving life to the world. That somehow within March 25th is a recapitulation of the creation of the world, because now God takes on flesh, Christ takes on flesh. For Maximus, all of creation, for St. Maximus Confessor, all of creation is somehow an incarnation in a way, because it's all about the Logos, the Word, sharing out himself and the principles in small logoi and small little principles that animate every aspect of creation, especially all the different species of plants and animals and everything that exists in the created realm. So it's a March twenty fifth two is a kind of it's a it's a reaffirmation of creation. Today come forth glad tidings of joy. It is the feast of the Virgin. Things below are joined to things above. Adam is renewed and Eve set free from her ancient curse. And the tabernacle of human nature, which the Lord took upon himself, is consecrated as a temple of God. That this is the feast of the Incarnation. This is the moment. And the hugeness of Mary's response. The moment that God takes on flesh, salvation becomes reopened to us, that our bodies and our being and God's being are mingled in the person of Christ. You have two virgins. You have Eve, who was a virgin, and she was in paradise, and in effect said no. There was a conversation with an angel, a fallen angel, and she said no. And then with the Theotokos, you have what the fathers call in the hymnology of the church, the second Eve, also a virgin, who also had a conversation with an angel, but she said, she said yes. So she was this person that um, all of humanity, in a sense, was waiting for, because it is because of her that the rest of the story, in effect, could occur. Thanks be to God that he prepared Mary to be the Theotokos, and that she said yes to Gabriel's request. Being created in God's image, she had the free choice to reject God's will in her life. But she willingly chose a path fraught with shame, pain, and fear. Let us respond to God by worshiping Him for His wondrous love for us, by venerating the Theotokos for her profound role in the Gospel, and by saying yes when God asks us to serve Him. Uh, on this icon, we see the Mother of God seated. Uh, and uh, uh, and the angel um, approaching her with good news, asking her the question that she was born to answer. Could God overwrite that if she would say no, 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 and he will come in and barge in and force himself? On? No way. The incarnation itself is the. Uh, is a result of a two perfectly free actions on the part of God and on the part of humankind and a part of that human person. So uh, what incredible power and value our freedom has in the eyes of God. It's staggering when you think about it. So that freedom that freedom has power equal to God because it has the same impact 
So uh, the world held its breath to wait for her answer. The Theotokos heard the mysterious voice as the archangel announced the words of glad tidings. When she accepted this salutation, she conceived you, the eternal God, in her womb. Therefore we cry out with joy, Unchanging God who took flesh from her, grant peace to the world and to our souls great mercy. The Byzantines not only thought that the world was six or seven thousand years old, which scientifically we don't think very much of, that sort of young earth theory, but they also knew what day of the month and what month the world was created. March 25th. <laughs> That's such a nice thing. <laughs> they could actually know what day of the year it was. Whenever Pascha falls on March 27th, automatically March 25th, of course, is Good Friday. And in the 13th century, which was the most difficult year for the city of Constantinople with the Crusader occupation, and it was a 60-year-long sack. Throughout those years, they just kept taking and taking and taking everything. And the people were so oppressed and downgraded. And four times in the 13th century, March 27th fell on Pascha, and March 25th was, Annunciation was, on Good Friday. And somehow, that seems somehow significant to me. And that same century also produced, and we're not sure who wrote them, the three stanzas of the Lamentations that are spoken by Panagia on Good Friday evening, Izoi and Tafo, Life in the Grave in those hymns. from the tradition of the church that, that she had been commissioned while being still at the school of the temple. No, after, uh, after she was already betrothed to Joseph, she was commissioned to weave a cover for the altar uh, in the temple. And she chose that red yarn. Uh, and uh, uh, of course, the symbolism is, is used in the church quite extensively. Uh, uh, one thing comes to mind in the uh, one of the uh, odes of uh, a very important service during Great uh, Lent, uh, the service of the Great Canon of St. Andrew of Crete. Uh, there is uh, uh, an ode which states that out of the, uh, 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 the purple of her womb, the flesh of Emmanuel was woven in the Mother of God. So this is that action of weaving the very fabric and pattern and flesh of, the, uh, of uh, the Son of God. Uh, uh, that's why it is, it is very significant for her to hold it and this icon.
the number one hymn for Annunciation is Simeron Tisotirias. Today is the, the, being the day of our salvation. Every Orthodox Church focuses on the Annunciation. It has one door that signifies the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. As you look at the, uh, the, the sanctuary on the left-hand side, always people, the, the processions uh, empty out of the sanctuary from that door. But they enter in the other door, the, the door that always has the angel Gabriel, signifying that we are brought back into, the, into heaven, back into the Garden of Eden, through the Annunciation, through the announcement that Mary will have God, and God will uh, reappear on earth and recreate the unity that once existed between uh, humanity and, and, and the Creator.